0: You know, it would have been interesting if it would have been a one-score game, um, what I would have seen from him because uh, we're trying to do our due diligence. He has had his fill um, watching football. So, um, you know, he's going to be pressing me hard to play play this week, I know. Um, For me, I see it as a week-to-week injury. Um, So we're going to have to find a middle ground. But, you know, again, these are healthy things that – um, I would much, much rather prefer as opposed to trying to convince someone that they are capable of playing. So um, we'll we'll see how that progresses. As you guys have seen, I wasn't just uh, BSing when I was saying that I, that I was very happy with the depth um, and how many NFL linemen we have on our on our football team. I think we've um, shown that we've been able to operate um, at a at a high level with all sorts of Various alignments, and that's to the credit of um, a lot of players and coaches uh, committing to, uh, and the personnel department on top of that. So um, the, it could be, it could shake out a lot of different ways, but that's what fun of December is, right? Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel there. It is time to head out to
1: the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441. Between Hollywood and Sheridan. All right. Thank you, Woody. Kyle Krabs, the host of Locked On Fence Podcast, joins us this morning. Kyle, how you doing? First of all.
2: I'm doing great. How you doing, Jeff?
1: Man, I'm I'm hanging in there. Um, it's uh, it's a topic every week because you never know who's playing. As coaches talked about Mike McDaniel. It could be this week, Kendall Lamb at left tackle, Lester Cotton at left guard, Connor Williams at center, Robert Hunt could be back at right guard and Austin Jackson at right tackle. Uh, but he's right about one thing. Um, we got a lot of different guys played in that last game against the Jets, and they're sitting there with 400 yards of, of offense once again. What would you think overall? How'd they play?
2: Yeah, I, th- I thought the the group did uh, about as well as you could hope against the front in New York that doesn't really blitz a ton but is one of the top pressure-generating teams in all of football. And, you saw the, the offensive play calling kind of conceded to that as well. I thought they had a really nice game plan as far as uh, where they were attacking in the passing game, and they, they had a couple shots down the field that were up over the top against man coverage. You know, Tyreek Hill had the one against D.J. Reed, and Jalen Waddell had the one against Sauce Gardner. But just hitting those haymakers intermittently just to keep them loose, but then, but then really being cognizant of getting the ball out of our hands, Uh, hey, are we going to go empty protection? And if we are, let's make sure that we are not getting greedy. I I think the snap to release window for Tua was 2.17 seconds against the Jets. So that plus the offensive line performance um, paints the picture of how the Dolphins have the success that they did with 400 yards and 27 points scored offensively. So I thought the line looked about what you would expect to kind of have – guys jumbled around and intermittently moving around I thought you got some good push vertically in the run game uh which was I think was a little bit of a surprise when you considered that you you were playing with two backup guards and you didn't have Robert Hunt he was the only guy I think who dressed who didn't take a snap was Rob Hunt um I'd give a little bit of a shout out to Keon Smith who's the name that we haven't really seen take meaningful snaps up until uh, this past game against the Jets but you know he comes in and whatever's going on with Tehran, uh, I'm wondering if he wasn't dealing with it from the beginning of the game just because he he did not look himself on tape. I, I think he looked like he was struggling to, to move a little bit. And then Keon Smith comes in, and he's tailpiping Lester Cotton on the backside of all these stone runs uh, just because he, he was really explosive. So yeah. he comes into the game when Miami has a multi-score lead, and it kind of helps to know what kind of game you're going to be playing. Uh, but that would be the name that I would spotlight out of a guy who I thought put some really nice reps out there. Was Keon Smith once he came into the game?
1: So I want to ask you now, with uh, with Jalen Phillips out with a terrible injury, and uh, you know without anybody touching him and stuff, and blows out his Achilles. So yeah. just curious, uh, Van Ginkle and Ogba. Now, can you play all three guys? C- could those guys all still play in different packages along with what you get? On the other side with Bradley Chubb, could you see the three of them in different packages or do you see a two-man rotation with those two?
2: Yeah, I think you could probably get away with doubling Van Ginkle snaps. I think the last three weeks he's averaged about 45% of the snaps defensively, and about half of that's been off the ball. So he has been a player who's moved around. He hasn't gotten a ton of run just because Jalen Phillips had, had his snap count up around 85 90% of the snaps. So if you, if you look at where Van Ginkle's been implemented and you want to you know, absorb these snaps from Jalen Phillips as best as you can, I think that's the low-hanging fruit is, is to have Andrew Van Ginkle assume that kind of volume and role, and then when you want to move him around, then Emmanuel Agba can be in the game. I just think you need to be a little bit conscientious of Agba in some of your base formations, just because the, one of those rush outside linebackers does at times have to drop into coverage. Um, and I, that's not a role that I would want to see for Emmanuel. So kind of have to – maybe maybe it's week to week based on what the passing tendencies are on first downs or, or 12 personnel tendencies are of the opponent that you're going to face on any given week on how much of a run Emmanuel will get. And then obviously it's been reported that the team's um, signing Jason Pierre-Paul uh, he posted something on social media last night. I think maybe you, you have him as a uh, a scratch for the first few weeks as he gets acclimated, and then hopefully you can get to your three-man rotation
1: that way. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be an interesting one with uh, Jason Pierre-Paul coming back here to South Florida and where he went to high school. Uh, so so the other one that, for me, as we look at this and we talk a little bit about it, so, so Tua Tungavailoa has still been putting up big numbers, although – the turnover bug has, has popped into things over the last couple of weeks. I, yeah. I know you don't want to do that a lot, especially when you play against better teams. But saying that with the defense playing the way they are, and basically defenses, I, I think you'd agree with this, basically been even or outplayed the offense over the last month overall. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes. So, uh, I think that's that's a very safe thing to say.
1: Okay, so, so – to it, The turnovers need to stop. But as far as the rest of it, I mean, they're getting a lot of offense, man. It looks like every game it's still at 400 or close to 400 yards of offense.
2: Yeah. I mean, they they have little issue moving the ball. Now, when and where they have the turnovers is, is the problem. When you reflect on uh, against New England, you first play the second half and you're in your own territory and you have a fumble and you give the ball away in scoring territory. And you uh, have the Raiders game, and you, and you give them two short fields. Like th- those, are the, and the, the Jets, you have a pick six where you directly put points on the board. Right. So those are the kinds of things. Like, hey, like it's all fine and dandy, but like, like when you're in your own end of the field, you're going to run into teams later this season on the schedule and in the postseason. If you want to get to where you want to go, you can't do that. So it is one of those things where we're you can enjoy it now, and I, I think there was some good optimism to come out of the Jets game with how balanced they were offensively um, aside of the turnovers. When you think about the the volume that Jalen Waddle got and the, the balance between the two receivers and Raheem Mostert, in the running game having the juice that it did and Jeff Wilson looked good. Like I thought they spread the ball around better than they had while still getting yards, which I think is the optimistic point that I would take out of that, but... Back-to-back back back games with, with three turnovers, um, th- that does, it's a troubling term because the only game they've played this season without
1: a turnover offensively was the Denver game. Yeah, and and by the way, good point, as you play against better competition over the last three weeks of the season, you don't want to be uh, turning it over with those those teams you're going to be playing because they look to be all pretty damn good after you get through these next three games. Yep. Hey, uh, So, so I do want to ask you, Uh, there's a lot of different things to cover. How do you you feel defensively? Who's been the best player? If you had to give a Defensive Player of the Year award to the defense so far, because they got a lot of guys playing really well. The stats are starting to show it. They balanced up. Um, Who would it be for you so far?
2: That's really tough. (laughs) Um, I think there's about five guys that have a legitimate argument. I think you're going to get at the end of the season, and Jalen Ramsey, you know, obviously, I I don't know that I would give it to him just yet, just because he's only played in a handful of games and missed the first uh, seven games of the season. Um, If Ramsey plays at the level that he's played at since he's come back, that's probably my answer. I just think, you know, if you're looking at, hey, year to date, I don't know that the volume I would give the credit there to, it might be Bradley Chubb, it might be Christian Wilkins. Yeah. I and Christian Wilkins started. slow. we were all worried about Christian Wilkins in the sack production. In the first month of the season, well, that narrative's changed real quick. He's got, already got a career high in sacks. Yeah, He might be on his way to double digit sacks. So I, I think there's a couple of guys up front that are really deserving. Uh, I think Javon Holland's been really good. It was great to see him have like the splash play. Great play. And if he can, if he can have a couple of those down the stretch, he like, he's got a strong argument. Like it's, his defense, you know, and Jalen Phillips, I think, could have probably trended that way as well with what he played like the last six weeks before he got hurt. Yeah, he was having a great
1: game, too. Good point there. He was having yep. a crazy game, how good he was playing there early in that game against the Jets. No, that's uh, – so So the, the, the other point is this. You start looking at Sealer and you look at Christian Wilkins and those guys on the outside and the safety and the corner position overall and Cahoo – my God, they got a whole bunch of guys playing at a really high level. Um defensively, uh, compared to what what they have coming up here and and overall talent. I think Dolphins have as much talent as just about anybody in the AFC. Now, I'm not saying Philadelphia or San Francisco. That's that may be up for debate, but how do you feel about their overall talent on both sides of football and how healthy they are compared to the teams that we're gonna be going against like Baltimore and Kansas City if you're looking for top seed and and Jacksonville
2: yeah uh, I think you know Jacksonville's a little been been a little banged up on the offensive line as well I think Miami has better depth uh, on the offensive line than Jacksonville does Uh, Baltimore they're obviously really impressive defensively Uh, I, I think they're if you look at the entire body of work, they they measure up better in metrics. But if you looked at, I think after the first month of the season or so, Miami's like right there with them in a lot of metrics as far as defensive performance. Um, they obviously lost Mark Andrews, uh, their tight end. So you think, talk about the Jalen Phillips injury is a a big impact to the Dolphins moving forward. I think Baltimore continuing to find a way. Well, they scratched out twenty points against the Chargers, and it was you know they needed an explosive play at the end of that game to get to twenty points right. from thirteen. So uh, their, their wide receivers are a little shaky from a consistency and a durability perspective. With Bateman and Beckham, you know they've had a lot of injuries the last couple years. Now you have Mark Andrews, who's, who's down with a lower body injury, presumably for the rest of the regular season. I think the AFC is wide open. I do too. And obviously Miami, uh, they shoot themselves in the foot against Kansas City. They start slow offensively. They kind of find themselves. It's a one-touchdown game. You've had the ball with a chance at the end. If you could string the wins together, and you could play these games at Hard Rock. Like it, it's wide open, and it's as wide open as it's been in the ASC conference, and probably what? You could ten say, years, fifteen oh, I, years. I was gonna say twenty. A long
1: time. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna, I was gonna go twenty plus since we've been in this situation. I, I, can't the,
2: I can't remember the last time there's been. You're looking at four or five teams, and you say, "Yeah, I could see him do it."
1: Well, I think that, but you that can home field, right th- that home field thing you, you you bring up, especially these next three games, and it's okay. Like they're a nine and a half point favorite right now for Washington, like they were last week against the Jets. They're going to be seven plus in their next couple of games, especially at home. It's probably going to be closer to that nine or ten again. If you take care of those games you're supposed to, and then we'll worry about the last three. They're going to be in really good shape with a head to head game Whoa. with a big one against Baltimore down the road.
2: Hey. And Joe, let, let's not overlook this talking point too. The first element of, of home playoff games is winning your division. Buffalo at six and six, they're on a bye, and then they go to Arrowhead and they play a Chiefs. Yeah. Your magic number for the division is four for, Buff, for versus Buffalo, who's in second place. So if you win these three games that we're presuming they're to be touchdown favorites plus in, and Buffalo goes to Kansas City and loses, you've clinched the, the like clinching the, the division by December eighteenth is on the table for this team. Yeah. Wow. And I'm really excited. I don't to know see how to it. act.
1: It's been so long. I don't know it. how to act. That's that, Wow. That's we got three games left. We got it wrapped up. Whoa. That'd be that'd be a nice I, feeling. I I want to see them
2: successfully finish the kill. There's blood in the water. <laughs> They've got a three game lead in the loss column. That's a good Put one. your foot on the yeah. throats. And you know this week against Washington, and then you got the next two at home. Right. Take care of business, yeah. and, and then we can shift that focus. But but it's is a really important three-game stretch for the first boxes that we're checking for the yeah. postseason aspirations for this year's team.
1: You know what's been funny so far? I, th- somebody said this to me, so this wasn't my own original thought. We're, we're the only team that really – we don't have a bad loss. the three The three teams we've lost to were obviously on the road and really good teams, but everybody else – has lost had a really really bad loss, if if not more. Yep. Except the Dolphins, who have taken care of business against teams that they're supposed to be, to put it nicely. So. Yep. Hopefully and that continues. again,
2: if, if if that continues, you can sneer at the resume of this team all you want, but that you know the, you're going to be taking care of business yeah. at a rate that they this team hadn't done in a long time, and I think that's a, that's something you should applaud if they avoided the trap
1: game all season long. Yeah, no question. Kyle, thank you, man. I really appreciate you coming on again. It's always great hearing uh, what you have to say about the Dolphins, and uh, especially after you get a chance to look at everything. So thank you so much. Before I let you go, uh, what what's your thoughts on, on Van Dyke uh, leaving University of Miami? Yeah, it's, um,
2: obviously he got some buzz early. Uh, I know that the trajectory there hasn't necessarily gone the way that anybody hoped that it would when he first kind of made the splash. Um. I think it was probably time for both sides, so I'm excited to see where he lands and what what Miami ends up doing. As far as it seems like the transfer portal is going to be the wild, wild west, yep. and everybody's going to move. And uh, one would imagine Miami may be a part of that and, and see what the quarterback position looks like after they move some some guys around.
1: Sometimes you just need a fresh start in relationships. In general, in general, Carl. Yep. I'm not trying not, not talking <laughs> about your situation, I'm talking about mine. <laughs> All right, hey, listen, Kyle, great talking to you, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Talk to you soon. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite
2: players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game 10, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app.